Hey kid, do you want to help me make this new bed I bought? Yeah! Okay, we're just gonna tuck in the corner over here and- OH MY GOD! <laughs> you ready to talk some movies, Brennan? Yeah, okay. Well, let's go! Welcome to the Corrupted Youth Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Brennan. We're a father and son duo that explores the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of Golden Age, VHS rental store flicks, in spoiler-heavy fashion. And we've done that... For five years. Five years. On a mostly monthly basis. Yeah. <laughs> I know we've missed a couple here mm-hmm. and there, but um, I think we're doing all right. We've got yeah. a pretty good track record. Pretty good. Most of that was in the beginning. Yeah. Just because you weren't doing your homework or something else. Actual social interaction. Yeah. yeah. Now you're just a weird shut-in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Working all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You got anything else you want to say about five years? It's been pretty fun, I'd yeah. say. We've got actually... some Somebody sent us something. Mm-hmm. The first time. <laughs> in a long time. It's been a very long time since somebody has actually sent us anything. Yeah. But here it is. Hi, Dan. Hi, Brennan. It's Pete, your G-Fest buddy and fellow podcaster over at the Good Beer, Bad Movie Night podcast, wishing you a happy five-year anniversary. Thank you so much for all the great shows, and I'm really looking forward to many, many more years of Corrupted Youth Podcast. So let's make sure we grab a beer over at G-Fest and celebrate your fifth... Wait, hold on. Brendan, are you 21 yet? What's the deal, son? Hurry up and turn 21 so I can buy you a beer. Anyway, thanks for everything you do, and we'll see you at G-Fest. Wow, thanks a lot, Pete. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was super fun. Go listen to their podcast. It's a blast, and um, this is... I don't know. I don't think they've covered this one that we're going to cover, but man, it's something right up their alley. Definitely. (laughs) And this is notorious. Yeah, I see why now. (laughs) It is really, wow. It is a lot of people consider this the worst movie ever. We will find out whether or not we agree with that. (laughs) At the end, or I'm sure we'll probably give some hints along the way. Yeah. In case you don't read, we are doing Deathbed, The Bed That Eats. It was made in 1977, but it wasn't released right away because, I mean, it it wasn't 100% complete even. I don't know if you noticed or not, but at the end, the credits, they don't match the rest of the film. Oh, really? I did not, I did not notice. Yes. That's because, um, well, it was unfinished, and there was no dis- no distributor really wanted this movie. I wonder why. <laughs> Except uh, there was one in L.A., and they wanted to release it on VHS. But the director, 
he could not afford, like it was like $3,000 to finish it and put the credits on and stuff. He couldn't afford it. So it just never happened. Yeah, It fizzled out, but they ended up pirating the movie. They sent what he had done back. And so they pirated it. So it just kind of spread. It grew a cult following for being like, oh, it's so bad it's good or just terrible. And yeah, it, it, it had to be witnessed. Uh-huh. And it really got release in like 2001. Oh, geez. Because apparently the director had seen a message board or something where people were talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> he was just doing that. Wait a second. I can how make are, money off this? Yeah. Like, how people. are people watching this bad movie that's sitting in my attic? Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. That must have blown his mind. Yeah. And also, um, it gained a lot of popularity because of Pat Oswalt was part of his stand up that was on an album that he released. Huh. And <laughs> I, do, yeah, I think he calls it Deathbed the Bed That Eats People. But I mean, we can forgive him for that. Yeah. Because, I mean, we probably wouldn't be doing this right now if it wasn't for him. Thank you, Pat Oswalt. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> he's not gonna no, never gonna know <laughs> but uh yeah he brought a lot more attention to it part of his thing is that he said it was the inspiration like for his movie rape stove the stove that <laughs> rapes people <laughs> which horrible but also hilarious yeah that's pretty funny. why not take it to the next yeah one? that's pretty funny <laughs> not that rape is funny no definitely not but the only joke one, is only when ovens do it <laughs> Oven rape completely acceptable. It got a Blu-ray release in 2014. Not bad. So that's basically the version we saw cleaned up and everything. So I can't imagine Ugh. that it actually was. But hey, who knows? With all that w- weird history, yeah, origin. of it being a weird lost movie but not lost. Let's go over the IMDb info. So deathbed. The Bed That Eats was directed and written by George Barry, and it stars Damien Hall, William Russ, Julie Ritter, Linda Bond, Patrick Spence Thomas. He's the voice of the artist. They're actually two different people. Mm. And Rosa Luxemburg and Dave Marsh. And it is kind of surprising to see that some people on here have pictures. (laughs) <laughs> yeah because you kind of wouldn't think so some of them have gone on either like further acting or working behind the scenes on movies interesting yeah so some of them really kind of stuck with things and the guy who plays who's credited as the artist on here that dave marsh he's apparently because he did a lot of writing and for uh music coverage hmm is kind of the guy who coined punk. What? Yeah. I don't know how true that is, but it's it could very well be possible. Deathbed, not very punk, gotta say. I might disagree. <laughs> <laughs> so, there is definitely not a trailer for this. I think there's fan-made ones and stuff, but I don't know. I couldn't find one, like... Because well, it was never distributed. Yeah, so there wouldn't be a trailer. Yeah, and I don't want to do, like, a newer one, because, I don't know, what are you going to get? So we're going to kind of, before we do the rundown, I don't want to do the rundown of this and have other bits of story that kind of interject, because it is kind of so simple, mm-hmm. and it would be so much bopping around. I'm not in the mood for it. Yeah. 
to try to simplify this review of a Death movie about deathbed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of broke it up, so we're gonna discuss some things first before we do the rundown. We're gonna start off with just the deathbed origin story that happens in here. Right, right away, I'm gonna say this is this movie's almost all ADR. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I think the entire thing is, but. It's so much inner monologues and dialogue and everything. And it's just people thinking, or if they are talking, they're not on screen. So there's that. The story, the deathbed origin, if you will. A demon had become smitten with a young woman and left the tree inhabited <laughs> to become the wind and just blow around this girl. And then it, in order to have sex with her, it made a bed. It just manifested a bed. The demon had taken the form of a man at this point. And there's something about like, demon's eyes are always red because they're filled with blood. Yeah. So you just only really see eyes projected. Yeah. It's not like, you never really see dude and Mm. the woman interact. But apparently... The sex act was so devastating it killed her because she was now dead. The demon was sad and cried tears of blood that landed on the bed, thus making the bed its own evil entity. Every 10 years, this sentient bed gets hungry, so it needs to eat on people or just about anything. It's Mm -hmm. hungry and wants to eat. In order to survive. Deathbed's been around for a while. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the woman that was sexed to death by the demon. She's in this like not entirely dead state. Where she is buried. And she is not rotting. She's just in like. Just chilling. Just chilling. In a grave. We get some like side coffin view. Her just hanging out. And man. The cemetery. That she is supposed to be buried in is terrible looking. Yeah. It is bad. Our cemetery that we set up for Halloween is much better. I mean, I get where they are trying to make it look like stone, but oof, Ugh. it's it's rough. Yeah. It's rough. Some of them are just really bad. Mm-hmm. Then apparently the demon went back to the tree. And the demon sleeps every 10 years. I don't know if that's like... The bed or the <sighs> demon. Yeah. Yeah. Because the bed is not the demon. No, yeah. It's almost a, the baby. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's the baby of this lurid affair. Yeah. So next we'll have like a little history with Deathbed. Beyond the Deathbed's origin. Deathbed in World War II. Kind of, yeah. In a weird way. There's lots of newspaper headings. <laughs> That's the Daily Bugle, by the way. Yeah. So this so is in the Marvel of, Cinematic Universe. Maybe not the Cinematic Universe. It's in a Marvel Some sort of Marvel. Part of the multiverse. Yes. Somewhere in there. (laughs) Maybe we'll see in the multiverse of madness. Ooh, dude. Okay, more on that later. But (laughs) (sighs) more on that later. Anyway. Um yeah, so there's the newspaper headlines in one part, and then like later on we get previous eatings of deathbed. I did like this little montage bit. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Deathbed eats a priest. I like that one. 
I'm not sure if that one was meant to be comedic or not. There's a lot of that going on in this movie <laughs> where I don't know what it's trying to do. But that one is kind of funny. Then there's two criminals that are playing cards on the bed. And this is not a good one <laughs> because they just are shooting a gun, but there's no like flash oh, or anything. So how, how the deathbed eats people, I guess we should explain real oh, quick. Oh, yes. So the deathbed... It doesn't do anything cool, like have a bunch of like teeth come out and like munch on them or anything. It's just like a bunch of like almost like stomach acid like bubbles that kind of come up to the surface of the sheets and yeah. then like dissolve you and drag you down into like this weird tank of acid. It's just like it's stomach. It's it's like stomach fluids. And mm-hmm. then you'll just be dissolved and eaten. So you just see it kind of like slowly sink down into it. It's nothing yeah. like dramatic. And it looks like yellow foam, like what your dog would puke up. Yeah. If they didn't eat. Yeah. So it is kind of gross. It, it is kind of gross. Like the foam is kind of gross. Yeah. There's a lot of gross going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then so it eats those two guys playing cards who try to shoot deathbed. With empty rounds. Yes. There's nothing. There's nothing. Just like shaking the gun at it yeah it's that bad yeah <laughs> um and it's an old woman who enjoys newspaper print pornography apparently yeah which, that was such a random detail yes I, that was weird so then deathbed is also used for sex work inside a building and then the same guy also uses it as a some weird health scam involving the sex worker outside very confusing it is kind of confusing, and I think that man gets electrocuted. That's also not really... That's, yeah. That's weird. I'm not sure what happened. And then these same people also use it for an outdoor, under-the-blanket orgy, where it just eats everyone. Yeah. Yeah, so that's... We're going to now discuss Deathbed's power set. You've already mentioned the eating. Yeah. And where they end up in this tank of yellow acid. Uh-huh. So I have it written down as digestive pocket dimension of yellow digestive fluid. Mm-hmm. So we've got that one. Um, spiritual imprisonment inside a painting. Because Somehow did that. Because there is a man. There's a man who lives inside a painting in almost like this other pocket dimension. So he can see out. And there's not a lot of room in there. He's kind of cramped. He can't, like, spread his legs. But he's been in there, he says, like, 70 years. Since he died. Yes. Since he he was eaten by the bed. He had tuberculosis, and apparently deathbed took pity on him and wouldn't eat him, but also just... Trapped him because he's a jerk. (laughs) Yes. It's all kind of confusing. Yeah. Uh, Deathbed also has telekinesis. Deathbed can say, like, move objects. Like, it makes itself a lot. Mm-hmm. It also will lock doors, open and close a door, move stuff around. General, like, ghost stuff, basically. Yeah. Teleportation. Deathbed can teleport things into the pocket dimension for the, yeah. the guy inside the painting. Yeah. So he has, like, all sorts of trinkets and stuff. And at one point in time, gets a cigarette. Yeah. It's also mentioned that Deathbed put itself in this room. Because they couldn't film in the big mansion <laughs> that they got some establishing shots of and a couple of like on set outside. Outside filming. 
There, uh, not much inside. There's a couple bits inside. Yeah, just but a just few, one few. They clearly just couldn't shoot it in there, and they wanted an easy set to build. So it's just some outdoor shed that Deathbed's <laughs> sitting in. There's, it's, it's literally the bed, there's a painting, and a fireplace. And some stairs down. It's, some it's, stairs just, down. it's just a square room. Yep. It's basic AF. Yeah. There's also a stained glass window that doesn't make sense. No. Because when you see the outside... It's built into a hillside. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the window would just be to ground. But... We could that we could add that to Deathbed's power set. Stained glass windows that cast in sunlight from nowhere. From nowhere. <laughs> Psychic invasion is another ability of Deathbed because Deathbed can invade your dreams and your thoughts, make you have nightmares, that sort of stuff. Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, it can also shoot out its bed sheets. Use them to grapple and stuff. Oh, I kind of figured that was like part of the telekinesis. Yeah, that could be, yeah. Yeah. So we start the first part of our rundown with breakfast. That's what the movie says. I kind of like how they did this. I do kind of like it, too. So there's there's a couple. They drive up to this big stone house, and it's very bad day for night. It's very <laughs> so dark. bad. But I will have to say this. I have recently seen really bad day for night on Magnum P.I. from the 80s. <laughs> so... Hey, it's a thing. I don't think it ever really works that well. No. And I think <laughs> day for night's just kind of bad yeah. in general. When before they try a door, doors lock on their own. So deathbed, up to some shenanigans. You can't film in there. You can't go into the mansion. <laughs> the guy's like, you know, hey, we're going to find a way inside. Now, this is this. They go into that underground part that we just mentioned, where it's just a square room. And... The dude just like lights a candle, sets it on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Even though it change, does not change the lighting no. in this room whatsoever. It was perfectly light in there. Yeah. But we're going to go with it. We're going to go with it. First time filmmaker. <laughs> but man, this dude's just like all sorts of horny. Mm-hmm. Like he just wants to get it on. And he he's like, I, you know, gross, weird bed. <laughs> You don't know when that bed was last cleaned. Yeah. It could have bugs in it. Who knows? So gross. It's very gross. Just the idea of these people finding a random bed and going, yeah. This is where. This is where it's going to happen. Yeah. This this lady, she's she's hungry, but dude just wants to be a sex pest with her. And it's what they brought to eat. <laughs> this menu is two apples bottle of wine, and a bucket with two pieces of chicken in it. <laughs> That's it. What a romantic dinner. This guy, hey, anybody out there, if you have a date that's somehow worse than this, write it in let us know. Yeah. CorruptedYouthPod at gmail.com. <laughs> because they also get eaten by death. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know that's going to happen. But yeah, um... As they're kind of getting it on, we learn how deathbed eats. The foam comes up, an item will go down in the deathbed, like an apple. Mm-hmm. And then as it's floating down, you can see bites are taken out of it and you can hear eating noises. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in the ASMR, you'll love this. <laughs> you're going to love deathbed. <laughs> the first like 20 seconds of the movie is just 
a black screen and eating noises. <laughs> like that's all it is. <laughs> but yeah, Deathbed. So Deathbed like eats the eats the apple, the wine. I kind of liked that one. I did like that one because it's just kind of like wine coming out, and you you're like, mm-hmm. I wonder how they did that too. It was kind of cool because it was like the underwater shot. Uh huh. But they actually had like the wine coming out with the gulps, like it was actually drinking it. Yeah, I mean, who knows? We could try to figure it out, but <laughs> we don't care. Enough. I'm sure we would overcomplicate. Yeah, it's probably something really simple because clearly this movie was not. It's not made by smart people. <laughs> well, how do we not know? I read that Mr. Barry, who wrote and directed this movie, been a bookstore owner for a long time. So. Does he read them? I would guess so. I'd hope so. You wouldn't know that he knows a narrative, though. <laughs> it's just the way it turned out. You know what? Don't apologize. <laughs> he's he's probably heard so so much bad things about this movie. What if he army Frankenstein's us? What if he <laughs> listens to this and tweets at you? <laughs> hey, I really liked. I uh, appreciated your criticism of the review. <laughs> Yeah, I, d- I don't think that's going to happen. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess after that, like, uh, Deathbed eats them. You don't really get to see anything. You just hear their screams and there's like a hand with some blood trickling down, which, all right. Ooh. <laughs> but that brings us to lunch. So I get what you were saying, how that part. It really doesn't matter. It really Those doesn't characters matter. are never brought up again. They have no. no impact on the story at all. None whatsoever. But the thing is, though, is that you had to put it in the meal part. Oh. That's why I did it the way I did. Yeah. So I just want you to understand. Yeah. <laughs> Lunch is interesting. We have a woman, Diane, and then these two young women. And I'm going to say, like, they're young. They look like they're in high school. Which... I wouldn't say they look that young. You don't think As so? someone who just was in high school, I don't think so. I mean, they can't be that old. Probably well, their early 20s. Uh, well, it's hard to say. Anyway, they look younger than the, They, they definitely than look Diane. younger than Diane, yeah. Yeah. And their, their names are Sharon and Susan. And when they're driving, we get this inner dialogue from Sharon, who's in the back. And it's all about how she doesn't feel well. She doesn't feel welcome because apparently... She knows Diane. Something through work. I think they work, yeah, they work together or something. But she doesn't know Susan. Yeah. She doesn't think that Susan likes her or something. Women. I don't know. It's really weird. It's all awkward. Yeah. Doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. But then he almost like, as she's talking about it, she talks about how they made fun of her clothes. <laughs> yeah. Or something. She and... was, she was, to- okay. So they made fun of her clothes. Because no. she wasn't dressed for the country. And let's be fair, none of them were. No. None of them were dressed for the country. Diane has open-toed, high-heel clogs on. Yeah. And Susan was wearing flip-flops. Which, to be fair, was pretty funny when she, they, she was like, and they made fun of me for what I was wearing. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. You were not dressed well. Yeah, Diane's wearing like a no drip tight denim pants and like a denim shirt or yeah, something. Yeah, none like, of them are drippy. Um, they were probably seventies drippy. I give Diane the Diane. most fat. Yeah, Diane. She's yeah, for sure. 
Everyone else, though. Yeah. Nothing. It's not really, like, known why they are even hanging out together. They wanted to get away. They wanted to get away. Yeah, it was like a little weekend getaway. They were just going to go out to the country and... Well, they're gonna they're gonna eat some lunch later. <laughs> they're gonna have a picnic. Yeah, they just happen to drive up to this house that Deathbed's at, and I don't know. They they too find the door that Deathbed opens because all the other doors are locked. So they go down in there and they're like, "Oh, hey, look, like a fireplace I can read a book at." Yeah, and Sharon says that she's not feeling well, so she's gonna take a nap on the bed. And it's perfect time for Diane and Susan to leave so they don't see the inevitable that you know is going to happen. Yeah. So they're just like walking around, not really doing anything. It just cuts back and forth. Yeah, so Sharon's in the bed and Deathbed is making her have like a weird dream. And so as she's having like this nightmare or whatever, Deathbed uses her crucifix necklace and basically is trying to saw her head off with it. But apparently it doesn't work. It does not work. Because it doesn't do anything. There's no... Like, it keeps on cutting to between, like, the necklace in the weird pocket dimension acid tank. It's, like, moving back and forth. It's really yeah. fast. And, he, and then it cuts, like, it on her neck, you know, moving back and forth. But it doesn't... This is, like, a little bit of blood. A little, a like, little bit of blood. Yeah. But I think Deathbed just gets frustrated and just gobbles her he up. He just eats her. Like, they, like, it isn't that hard just to, like, dump a bunch of blood on her neck. Oh, yeah. Deathbed also just rips open her shirt, too. Yeah. Yeah. Boobs. 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 Boobs, Steve. Yeah. And apparently, um, Deathbed does not like Susan either. The other, the girl in the flip-flops. Because she kind of reminds Deathbed of its mom. The eyes. Yeah, the said. eyes. They, they don't the look at him. There's no, there's no similarities. There's absolutely no similarities yeah. beyond that. And that's brought up once. They were females. Yeah. But yeah, so whenever she's around Deathbed, Deathbed gets a an upset stomach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Deathbed also teleports in the necklace to the guy in the painting, who just hangs out in there and gives commentary on everything. He just kind of is telling you what you're looking at. Pretty much. <laughs> I don't know how to discuss him other than he's just there all the time talking about things. Yeah. Talking to Deathbed. Yeah. He's our in for information as well. Yeah, so when the other two girls or women come back and they can't find their friend, they go, well, she must have left. Let's eat lunch. She just must be wandering around somewhere. Yeah. So they sit down and they have this lunch, which is, man, everything about this movie is gross. There's so many gross, just everything is gross Uh in this movie. This lunch is disgusting. She has this big ass knife and she's trying to open a plastic tube of like that weird lunch spread. You ever have that, Brennan? Uh, I've avoided it. Probably not. It's, I grew up poor, and that was like sandwich spread came around a lot. And for anybody who doesn't know, it's just like just blended bologna with stuff in it. Who knows? <laughs> like horse hunks of pickle and pepper and yeah. It's I I've been in like multiple places where it's like there, it's out, and every time I've looked at it, I'm just going, 
Ugh. Oh, man. I know exactly what it tastes like. The texture and everything. Gross. Yeah. And then they're also having a jar of pickles. Ugh. Just a jar of warm, pickles. Warm pickles. <laughs> Lukewarm pickles. So gross. Man, this movie, too. Like, I don't know. I don't know if people were just, like, more barefoot in the 70s or what. But, man, there's a lot of feet in this movie. I don't know if this dude had a thing for feet. There's a lot of just gross, non-flattering shots of gross feet. I yeah, and I was I I think it's like fifty fifty because I also think that the seventies are just disgusting. Oh yeah, there is. I mean, I this reminds me of because sometimes I get like this weird romanticism for it when I watch say the Bob Newhart show <laughs> or Welcome Back Cotter. Yeah, or just. Some of those, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, even like grimy city stuff, I kind of like it. Uh-huh. But then I see Deathbed, and I'm like, oh, everything is just disgusting. Yeah. Just gross. Don't like it. <laughs> yeah. It's... Just the visualness of it is just, it gives me the ick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and Sharon's brother, during this part or the next, like, whatever, there's just a scene of, some old lady off screen talking to him about how he's got to go find her. And he's like, oh, the world's oldest runaway again. So now we know that somebody's on his way. How the hell he figures out where they are is beyond me. There's no, no way. Uh-uh. I'm sorry. Absolutely no way anybody could figure out. Mr. Director Barryman wrote in the script that he figures out where they are. He just shows up. He does. But... Diane and Susan, they finally get worried about Sharon being missing. And Susan takes the car that they came there in. And Diane stays behind because she just wants to get drunk. Yeah. While smoking in bed. Amazing. (laughs) And then the car breaks down for no apparent reason. So then Susan decides, I'm just going to walk back. But I think that was just to get her away long enough. For... for Yeah, for for Diane to get eaten by deathbed. Yeah. Diane has this, like, this part was actually kind of cool, where she has the weird dream. The dream was pretty cool, yeah. Where she was talking to Sharon, and they're both by the fireplace, and Sharon was reading a book. She's like, oh, I'm doing exactly what I said I was going to be doing, reading this book by the fire. But then the book has, like, no, all the pages are blank. But then... Diane also holds up the book, and then the pages are reflective, so it's she's looking back on herself. Yeah, that was cool. Like, this is actually, like, everything from this point on, I feel like, is where the movie actually gets a little more interesting, mm-hmm. and it's actually trying to do something. Yeah. Because, like, dude in the painting's one thing, but then everything else just felt really off in a weird way, where this is actually like, wow, okay, like, we're... Getting better visuals. Yeah. And then this nightmare ends up waking up Diane. And she's just like sleepily trying to crawl off of deathbed. But then deathbed says, mm, not so fast. And her legs sink in. Mm-hmm. And then she's getting dissolved. But she manages to pull herself out. Yeah. Props to her. Yeah. Not even like a group of like gangster mobsters could do that. Yeah. So far, she, nobody's been able to No one's been able to do that. And the effect here is simple. They just covered her pants in red paint, 
And then she begins to ever so slowly drag herself to the door. This scene is so long. How long is it? Did you figure did you figure okay. it out? Okay. Okay. So at this point in time, like I think Susan had heard her. And yeah. so she's coming to run however long. Like I don't know how she heard her. Yeah. But she did. And so she's on her way, so we know that there may be help coming. Uh-huh. But then Diane is just still dragging herself on that floor. And she's uh finally gets to the steps. And man, and Deathbed launches that top sheet and it wraps around Diane's leg and slowly drags her back to the bed. It was a cool effect of the bed sheet flying out. Oh yeah, it's a reverse shot and it's pretty cool. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. That's like by far the coolest shot mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. She's getting pulled back to deathbed. Susan comes in and tries helping her, but she's it's just no use. And Diane finally gets like sucked up from underneath deathbed. Also kind of interesting. That was kind of cool too. Mm-hmm. And I timed it the entire sequence from when she wakes up to the point where she is like completely eaten and pulled into that pocket dimension is five minutes. Her crawling with her limp legs, that alone feels like 10 minutes. It does. I started to zone out. I, I was thinking about like my day. Like, I was like thinking about something else. I know. I was I, thinking about like my next assignment. Like that's what I was thinking. About. I was like, oh, that's right. I'm watching a movie. I was annoyed that I didn't just get up and go pee. Yeah. Because I had to pee the whole time. I could have grabbed a Pepsi. Yeah. Like, I you would have. We could have done so much. Yeah. And not missed Played it. a game of tic-tac-toe. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Susan's brother shows up because he just happens to find the place. His car was kind of cool, though. Mm-hmm. I will say that. I don't know what kind of car that was, but it was weird. It looked very, like, England. Yeah. Boxy. <laughs> like, just that round bubble. Is that... Like orange, seventies like. Oh no! Oh, you're talking about Diane's car. Oh, I'm the. Oh yeah, that's right. You had like the little. You had the little like kind of beetle looking thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really cool car. That was a very cool car. I wonder if it was the director's car, <laughs> or maybe if somebody was a producer on it. Yeah, or just an actor's. I could see that too. Oh, probably the guy who's trapped in the painting. I could see that guy, rock and roll guy, driving that. Oh yeah. He had his fingernails painted black. Uh-huh. Did I even mention that we're in dinner? No, we're in dinner. <laughs> yeah, that was dinner. Yeah. You're right, I can always go, and now we're going to talk about dinner. And then you just copy and paste that in? <laughs> or I don't do anything, and everybody just thinks I'm an idiot. Oh. Yeah, so anyways, uh, the brother arrives, and I'm guessing Susan told him about it. I don't know, I couldn't really, I don't even remember if... This movie with the dialogue and everything. Yeah. He's just like, hey, I'm going to rescue your friend. She's trapped in this bed. I'm going to take the, the knife from the picnic basket and I'm just going to cut this bed open. We'll get your friend out. No problem. So then he plunges the knife in the deathbed. Deathbed wants none of this and starts eating the brother. And he's just like, his hands are in deathbed and he's just screaming for a while. And then. chef's kiss to this part yeah he manages to get free of deathbed but his hands are just skeleton hands eat him down to the bone yeah 
And it's just him raising up these little tiny skeleton hands that are clearly not his size yeah. in front of his face. And he's just, oh, oh. Like, there's not even... Like, scream. He just talks about how it was, like, done with surgical precision. Yeah. <laughs> he's wounded. He's probably more in the, in shock at this point. And he's just staring at his hands, but then, like, the cartilage starts to break away. And so, like, a finger bone just falls on the floor. Like, God. <laughs> this scene, all of this part, is so just bad. It's so cheesy, but it's played so straight. That's like the whole thing with this movie. I don't know if it's supposed to be funny at parts. I don't even know what to think about. Like, cause like, are the I, jokes not landing? I imagine that this scene, the skeleton hands, is very infamous for this movie. Yes, I'm sure it is. Like the most talked about, at least one uh-huh. of the most talked about scenes. I'm sure there's gifs of it. And everything. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. You didn't watch this. You didn't. I didn't have you yeah, watch any I, clips. Yeah. So I'm very. I went in completely clean. This scene is just so like, it's just like unbelievable. Like honestly, like as a you know as a you watch a movie or whatever, and you have like the day to process it. When I was thinking about it, I didn't even think about this scene. Like, I didn't even like cross my mind. Like I forgot about it until you brought it up because it's just so like unbelievable. I don't even know what to think about it. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> like, I've genuinely never seen something so bad in a movie. It's a level of, if somebody made a movie now and they were trying to go, this is what a bad movie would do. Yeah. And we're going to do this as a joke. Yeah. That's how it would be done. It's like a Saturday Night Live skit. It is. That's how it feels. And I think it was played straight. I'm not really sure, but I'm almost positive like this entire movie is played straight yeah that's my guess and that's what's so fascinating about it that's what i love about this part i was roaring with laughter (laughs) i went into a state of shock (laughs) anyway because he can't handle watching his fingers fall off their bone finger bones fall off he tells his sister to just break it off just break them off so she does and then just chucks him in the fireplace. Yeah. Puts his puts his hands in the fireplace, which is good. It ends up being something that needed to be done later on in the movie. Apparently. <laughs> Next part is just desserts. Ooh, yeah. So the demon, who's the father of Deathbed, apparently is resting. And this is the opportunity to do whatever needs to be done to kill deathbed the guy in the painting can now communicate with people outside of the painting because he couldn't do that before he was just forced to watch everything happen so the guy in the painting tells susan that she needs to perform this ritual she needs to use the knife and draw a circle of blood around deathbed and another smaller circle that's that touches the bigger one around deathbed but it also needs to be completed with a couple burnt finger bones to complete the circle, which doesn't, I don't know. What's with this knife, too? Where is this blood coming from? It's just coming out of the knife. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't get it. (laughs) Who who knows? (laughs) So then she's instructed to go down by the the water 
where Deathbed came from originally by the cemetery. And then she has to make like the same size circles that she put around Deathbed stuff. She has to make those out of sticks. The lady, Deathbed's mom, comes back to life and is like, I don't need clothes now. And no, she was clothed in the coffin. Let's just remove them. <laughs> right. She walks up naked and kills Susan with the knife, thus completing what needs to be done with that part of the process. Yeah. And then the painting guy's like, oh, sorry, I tricked you. This is the only way I can be free. And then the naked lady has sex with the brother, and then everything starts on fire. Yeah. Oh, also Deathbed gets teleported into the larger circle. Yeah. All of this is just a big what-the-heck-is-going-on moment. And not in a good way. Not in a good way. It's a mess. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of a mess. But, like, what a weird... I don't know. And then everybody just burns. And the guy in the painting is freed. Good for him. He gets to go to heaven or whatever. Yeah. It's not really explained what happens. So, that's it. Oh, and the demon's eyes crack because it wakes up and he's like what no no i don't know yeah, i don't know it just ends it, yeah, it just ends. <laughs> that, that, that's it the ritual is done the end <sighs> man so <laughs> you know how you mentioned uh evil dead with this so apparently this director and sam raimi it's the same area of michigan it's two people Basically on the same journey, trying to accomplish the same goal of making a horror movie. Yeah. And with wildly different results. And it's interesting, too, how there's just kind of like, it's just like a sprinkling of Evil Dead on this movie in a weird way. You know what I mean? I could see that. It's just like a very light sprinkle, though. So it's interesting that even just like a couple years later, like Evil Dead gets made. Because, I mean, he did make, Sam Raimi did make a short film, too. I don't know if you ever saw that. I don't think so. Yeah, there's like a short film that's the basis of Evil Dead. Huh. So they're probably made around like the same time. Yeah, that's interesting. That's so, that's so interesting that on one end you have, you know, Sam Raimi making an absurd, classic, amazing horror movie with an even crazier sequel, and then you have deathbed <laughs> it's fascinating in a weird way just to, to think about it yeah um that said i've got a question for you okay do you think that if you made a sincere version of deathbed a sincere remake of this movie do you think it could work i was actually thinking about this i was thinking about this while we were watching the movie and while we were discussing it uh -huh. i think it could be really good I think it could too. I think it'd be really cool. And I think uh, you need the concept itself is weird. So you need to have a weird movie for it to fit. Like I'm thinking like, but like it needs, it needs to be like Mandy weird where it's just like in, in terms of shot composition, like crazy colors over the top gore because just like a straight horror movie, I think is, it's just, kind of boring but you could do cool stuff with like the bad grabbing people with sheets i think that's a neat idea uh -huh. i think like the psych the psychological attacks are, are a cool idea uh 
and I think deathbed through history is pretty cool. I like it when you give something that much backstory. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean... Yeah, it's totally ridiculous. <laughs> the thousands. The fact that it's eaten thousands, yeah. supposedly. Yeah. That's, that's just a little bit too much. But, like, give deathbed teeth. I think that'd be cooler. You know, like, I, I just think, like, dissolving in the bed isn't as cool. I think it is cool. I mean, it's... I think it's fun when you see pe people floating around in it. Yeah, that's what I and like. And the fact that it's, like, a pocket universe, too, because... Yeah, like when the brother stabs the bed, uh -huh. the knife drops out the bottom. Yeah. So Deathbed just does just, not want the knife and just rejects it. That's so it cool. can like yeah. and I liked how it like popped out of the bottom. Yeah. It was just a like obviously sure for an effect it's kinda dumb. Yeah. But I think that was like kind of intention I think that was intentional. Definitely. And it was a it was a nice touch. Uh -huh. So there's there's bits and pieces throughout this where it's like, man, it could have been good. Mm-hmm. I think, too, if they added, like, an element... Because the idea, the idea of all these people going out to this random bed in the middle of nowhere doesn't really add up. Yeah, I mean, you have to come up with something. You need, like, something. It, it lures people in. Like, how it opens up the door. Like, oh, it's, like, inviting people in. It's, like, luring mm -hmm. people in. Why would these three random people go out to an abandoned mansion in the country for a getaway? Who does that? It, like, make it lure people in. Yeah. We can say that now. That's definitely not what happens in the movie. But yeah. if you think about it, yeah, maybe Deathbed could have that ability to broadcast a mental signal. Uh -huh. And people wouldn't really understand why. They'd go be like, hey, oh, we just, you know, it'd be like a casual thing. It's just dropping a thought yep. into their head of like, yeah, Should I turn here. Just have I also, I also like the ritual at the end, too, to kill Deathbed. It makes, makes no sense. If they made it make sense, it would have been better. But like the cool like circles, I thought that looked pretty cool. And when Deathbed just kind of just like appeared, it was neat. I like the idea of the first victim Deathbed mom coming back. Mm -hmm. If she was like a rotting corpse, <laughs> that would have been cooler. Rotting corpse comes up, kills. <laughs> Man, I'm picturing Susan. this in my head, and it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, like that's cool. Have it at night, you know, dark lit. Deathbed burning, crazy zombie lady. Could be neat. Yeah, I completely agree. I was thinking about it when we were watching it. The same as you, just it would be kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Because once it starts getting interesting, because it's, and it's, it just, like I said, there's that point where it brings you in a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Because you're just kind of like, oh, ha, ha, goofy. But then it just, I don't know, there's something about it where I was just more into it. Yeah. Many have called this the worst movie of all time, but is it? Give me your movie rating, how you say movie, how you liked it, and whether or not you'd recommend it. It's a movie. <laughs> I, 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 it's an enjoyable watch because it's so bad, but there are definitely, from a movie standpoint, it is pretty bad. There are some parts that are really boring. Some parts that just are hard, just like, just like annoying to watch. I think when it picks up and has like interesting ideas, it's not bad. Like it, it has cool bits to it. It's enjoyable, but in terms of being a movie, I don't, I don't think it's very good. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> I'm not the first person to say that. So is it a recommendation? I would recommend it if you got some buddies, 
I feel like that's all I say for a lot of these bad movies. That's always my recommendation because watching this alone, I feel, <laughs> would be not the most fun. You need someone to laugh with. Yeah. My rating? Uh-huh. It's a movie? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Um, it's just, it just suffers so much from pacing and just what the fuckery. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even joking. I guess I recommend it the same as you. You have to be with other people, but you also have to be semi-distracted. Yeah. You can't just go, well, let's watch it. You need to be goofing around and having fun. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's on kind of in the background and like, oh, hey, something's actually happening. Pay let's, attention now. Yeah. That kind of thing. The bit um, with the skeleton hands is coming up. Yeah, if you want the whole, like, what is going on with this experience, watch the whole thing. But, I mean, otherwise, I'd say just look up the, the bits on YouTube. Yeah. They're on there. Oh, I'm sure. You can you can just see the best parts. And that's probably good enough. I mean, <laughs> that's all, all there is. Um, Do you have a favorite scene from Deathbed, The Bed That Eats? Definitely when Diane's eaten. Aside from the slow crawl to the stairs, remove that part, bed grabbing her, Susan coming in, trying to stop the bed somehow, her getting pulled up underneath the bed. It's the, it was one of the few times during the movie where I felt alive and engaged. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I really liked the hands part. Yeah. Because, oh my gosh, just even thinking about it now. Just mm, so good. I love it. Do you think that Deathbed, the bed that eats, garnered this much discussion? Yeah. I also <laughs> imagine it got a lot of discussion in the beginning just because of how elusive it was, how underground it was. I imagine it's it was like a rumor, like a lot of people just heard. It's one of those things where the rumor of it spreads first before people get their hands on it. The rumor of there's a absolutely terrible movie about a bed that kills people that it must have spread like wildfire i think so that built up a lot of the fan base right away and then from there it's just maintained that that cult following Mm -hmm. yeah i do think it is like earned in a way because it is such a bad movie so i understand why it has such fame yeah and people don't understand because i think of like I see this movie around a bunch. Killer Sofa. I'm sure that it you you probably wouldn't have that without Deathbed. Yeah. But that movie is granted I haven't seen it, mm-hmm. but I'm sure it tries to be bad. Yeah. And it tries to be like, oh, look at this. And just missing the point. Yeah, that's not what that's not what makes a so bad it's good movie. I'm sorry. It isn't. If you go in with the intention of making a bad movie, you are fighting an uphill battle. Uh-huh. Because the whole point is, is that it, it it's not the intent. The intent is always like you want to make a good movie, but maybe you just don't know how. And The Room is a very famous example of this. Absolutely. Yeah. The Room is so bad, it almost tricks me into thinking it was made to be that bad. But just it, like the hand scene in this movie right but it wasn't it was was serious it was genuine yeah Yeah. all right well i have nothing more to add about deathbed i will say it's not the worst movie ever made 
Yeah, I've seen I've seen worse. Yeah, I've seen worse with insane budgets. I think if there were to be a worse movie, which I don't think there actually is a worse movie, you're more likely to find a worse movie with a movie that's just boring, because those are the worst. Yeah, a movie with nothing to say and nothing to do. You're not wrong, son. All right, with that, the usual spiel. Hey, buy a freaking T-shirt already. Yeah, go to T Public. <laughs> Contact us. You can do so by sending us an email, just like Pete did. At CorruptedYouthPod at gmail.com You can visit us in the Dongle Den on Facebook. It's basically just a pit of memes at this point. <laughs> and me posting episodes once in a while. Yeah. But, hey, there are cool memes there. Check it out. Thanks to our listeners, the Dongles. And, and you, Court. <laughs> Not to exclude you from the dongles and our fellow podcasters, which also like court, <laughs> yeah, and Pete too, yeah, and Pete. I'm not going to name them all right now. No, sorry guys, but uh, yeah, thank you for your support and hang in there, dongles. People are like, oh, Brendan, why don't you, like, why don't you show your podcast to all your friends? 